Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy, a practical guide for making the holidays holy days. And we are now officially into the last 40 days of 2017, which is a little shocking, I know. <laughs> but here we are, and I guess most people right now are probably celebrating Thanksgiving, or um, at least it's that weekend, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to, you know, I don't know how, how quickly you're going to be able to go through these videos. They could tend to pile up, I'm sure. But this is a time that we are all sort of celebrating. Um, we are fully into the holiday season. And um, I want to talk about something that can happen. You know, last time we talked about the OHAT day, the one hour at a time kind of day. And, um, you know, I talked about how those demons of doubt and despair and discouragement can come. And I talked about many reasons that they come. But today I want to talk about one specific reason. And that is that I think that there are times in our life where, honestly, something is going on in our life that it just, it just makes us sad. And what we really are feeling is sad. Now, I had this happen to me recently where uh, something, something sad actually really did occur and um, it was a really hard thing. And uh, you know, each, each soul knows its own bitterness and sadness. I, you can't really share what it was, but you know, you have these things in your life where something just makes you really, really sad. And I, at the moment, um, I did acknowledge, oh, I'm really sad about this. I did cry. You know, I did talk through it, talked through it with the other person, kind of dealt with it. And, but I think I did, I underestimated the magnitude of the sadness that came with it. And life is busy. You know, I don't have a particularly luxurious time schedule right now in my life. And it moves along in a pretty quick clip um, just because of the things that are that I have to do in my life so I didn't have a lot of time to rethink it and re go through it and uh, you know I think what happened over time was I had this sort of latent sort of latent sadness down in my soul but when I'm sad I forget what happens is I become irritable if I don't acknowledge it as sadness and I uh, I just start being really short and quick and irritable and I will start um, just being kind of rude and you know mean in the way that I say things and and maybe that's just me but actually I've kind of noticed it that it happens with everybody that I know no matter what temperament that they have um, I don't think it's a temperament thing I think it's just that what happens is that instead of having sadness at the control center, all those of you know that I have all of the inside out dolls and I really, I really believe in the inside out thinking. Um, if sadness is not, if you don't allow sadness to be in the control center, what happens is that that anger is going to come up and be like, get out of the way. And, and you start reacting to things in a, an irritable kind of way because, uh, because anger has sort of taken over. But it's not really anger. And I had to remind myself lately, wait a second, why are you so irritable? Every, you know, and I know that I do struggle, you know, that my thing is I'm trying not to have any temper talk for all these days until the end of the year. But I realized, you know, I, I was getting, it was really hard to do, but it wasn't because of what I thought. It wasn't because I needed to control my anger. And sometimes I think I'm using self-control for the wrong reason. Really what I needed to do is I needed to remember, you know, you're still sad over that thing. You have a sadness, a latent sadness that's going on and it's zapping some of your energy. Just go ahead and, and remember to walk with sadness through the things that are going on in your life. And uh, it reminded me of this one thing that I think is important to holy living. And that is to acknowledge that there's going to be things in your life 
that perhaps are not easy fixes. It's not gonna be, oh, I felt sad, you hurt my feelings. You know, sometimes when we have small children, we help them to work through, you hurt my feelings, and they hurt their feelings, and actually, they bounce back like that, right? They go on, you hurt my feelings, well, I'm sad, you know, and then they move on. They cry, they deal, they move on. And as an adult, this is not exactly how it happens all the time, right? Because as you grow, there are gonna be things in your life that I refer to as, and if even if he does not kind of things, and that is, even if God does not work this out to my liking. And uh, I get that, those of you that know me already know what I'm talking about. And that is from Daniel 3. And uh, this is a very um, famous story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm sure all of you know the story, but for those of you who do not, the context is that this is when the Israelites have been taken into Babylonian exile. And uh, because they weren't obedient and they weren't, they were idolatrous and they weren't following God. And God was like, well, I'm going to have to give you over to your enemies so that you can learn. And um, about five or 600 years before Christ, this happens to the Israelites and they're in Babylonian exile. And the king at the time is King Nebuchadnezzar. And this is the time where you get Daniel in the lion's den, if you remember. But this is also the time of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were three young men who um, were taken into exile. And instead of being put into, you know, really hard for slave labor, they were actually taken into the court of the king because they showed a lot of promise. They were intelligent. They were healthy. Um, and really, basically, they, they had the favor of God. And they were godly men. So they were taken into the service of the king. But we get this story about them, and it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, as you know, um, where Nebuchadnezzar had set up a, a golden image that he wanted everybody to worship, and he had set it up in the plains, and he had said, whenever you hear the music playing, you need to bow down and worship this god. Okay, well, of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, being people that worship God alone, we're not going to worship and bow down and worship this idol. And, um, and we pick it up in... This is chapter 3, Daniel 3, verse 13. It says, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not... We want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. You know, and this is just like one of those greatest hits from the Bible. <laughs> because, you know, here you have them serving in this foreign land. And this is so many lessons for our kids. And I'm going to, you know, maybe get to that at the end. But this is such a huge lesson for us because, you know, he's basically they're saying, you know, we serve a mighty God and he is able to do whatever he wants. You know, we have this God who is able to change things. He is able to send cancer into remission. 
He is able to save that loved one from dying. He is able to change our children's hearts. He is able to do all of these things. But there's going to come times in our life where we have to say, but even if he does not, we will not turn on him. He will be enough. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do this lesson without crying. There's going to be times in your life where God may not choose to work things out to your liking. He may not choose the heart of your to choo choose to change the heart of your child in the amount of time that you want him to. You know, prodigal parents, you know what I'm talking about. He may not choose to send that cancer into remission. He may not choose to do whatever it is that you want him to do. But even if he does not, will you still love God? Or will you bow down to the lie that Satan is giving you saying, if you will only follow me. That's what he kept saying to Jesus in the desert. If you will only follow me, if you will only bow down to me, all these things I will give you. You know, sometimes in our hearts, we have to just acknowledge that there is something in there that is an unanswered prayer that hasn't been answered the way that we want it to be answered. And it's a low grade sadness that lives within us. And yes, we can get to the point where we have joy through it, but it doesn't go away. There's a sadness that remains. You know, I was telling Jay the other day that I feel like I have this thing where I get to experience the, these times of unexplainable peace, happiness, and joy in the midst of this unanswered prayer. And um, it's kind of like an island. I visualize it like it's an island in the ocean. And I just get to enjoy it and I'm laying there. I'm like, oh, thank you, God, for that. This is a day, the kind of the opposite of the one hour at a time day. This is a day of unexplainable peace. And I just love to enjoy it. But it doesn't, it's not gonna last forever. Then I had to get back in the water and I get back in the water and I am swimming and swimming and swimming and I'm fighting off the sharks and all the elements and all the stuff and I'm tired and I'm, and I'm you know, treading water and, and just going crazy. But then I, I reach another island. And, you know, uh, I look at these times in our life where there are these unanswered prayers or, or, or things that may, may it's not that they're unanswered, it's just that God is saying not yet. Or maybe he is saying no. But even if he does not, will God be enough? You know, I think that this, this is a visual image. Of course, we get to see the end of this story because we get to see that, they are thrown into the furnace because they will not worship the other gods. And they're like, we'll worship God even if he doesn't work it out for us. That God will be enough. And, of course, they go into the fiery furnace. It doesn't burn them up. They come out unscathed, even though it burned up the two guys that were throwing them into the furnace. But because Jesus saved them. And that's how God chose to deal with that situation. But it reminds me of when, later on when Jesus is talking to Peter after... Um, you know, when, when, God, when Jesus is about ready to go back up into heaven and, and, he, and he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, you know that I do. And he's like, then feed my lambs. And then you know the story as he asks him two more times, no, do you really love me? And Peter's like, yes, I do. And he's like, no, do you really love me? <laughs> because Jesus is saying, I know what's going to happen to you, Peter. You're going to be crucified upside down. He knows what's going to happen to Peter. He knows that, that he's going to be led and taken to a place he doesn't want to go later on in life. 
and he's saying, do you really love me? And I think that this is a question for every one of us as disciples is, even if God doesn't work out every single thing to your liking, will God still be enough for you? And I think the reason I bring this up during this time, you know, is that the holidays do bring up a lot of things. You know, if you're spending time with your um, family of origin right now, you may be experiencing like some of that latent sadness coming up. I wish that things had been different. Um, maybe you lost your dad or your mom this year, or maybe you are experiencing again the loss of the relationship that you would have hoped that you would have had. Um, there's a lot of latent sadness, and I just want to encourage you to bring that sadness in. To Sadness does not kill, but it heals. And allow yourself, allow sadness to come to the control center of your brain. Um, watch inside out if you must. And remember that, you know, there are there is a great joy that comes with feeling the, the sadness. Um, you know, there's an old hymn that says, Man of Sorrows, what a name. Because Jesus, one of his names was the, the man of sorrows. You know, he wept over Jerusalem. He wept over um, Lazarus's tomb. He wept over, really, I think he was weeping over Mary's sadness. You know, Jesus is weeping with us, but we have to be willing to feel that. And then there's a, you know, I also wanted to encourage you as, um, as maybe as parents, I don't know, or just as human beings, that the, that the times that you're creating during these holiday seasons for your family are important things. Um, I was thinking about how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, they were in exile and they were still worshiping God. This is an important thing for us as parents to realize that, you know, the training and the teaching that we're putting into our children is not just to secure for them a future, the career that they want, the life that we want them to have. It could be because the life that's coming for them really is exile. I mean, I, we don't like to think about it, but it could be hard times that are coming up. And we are filling their tanks with the Lord. We are filling them up with the memories of God. They didn't have parents for them right now. When they were in Babylonian exile, they didn't have parents to look to anymore. What was done was done. What had been filled up in them was what they had to go on. And that relationship with God that had been established is what carried them through. And I want to encourage you that this time of, of Advent, this time of holiness, these holy days, we are filling up in our children and in our own hearts things that are going to carry them through the sad times. Um, I'm reading Bonhoeffer's book. Uh, there's, well, he has, it's not really Bonhoeffer's book, it, but it's a collection of Bonhoeffer's writings that he had, that he wrote while he was in prison. And uh, he was in prison. Uh, Bonhoeffer was a, a a Christian that lived during the time of Hitler and he stood up to Hitler and he said Hitler's wrong basically when a lot of times godly people were not doing that but he made a stand and of course he went to prison for it and uh, he was in prison during this particular Christmas season and he wrote to his parents and it says this he says dear parents I don't need to tell you how much I long for freedom and for you all but over the decades you have provided for us such incomparably beautiful Christmases that my thankful remembrance of them is strong enough to light up one dark Christmas. Only such times can really reveal what it means to have a past and an inner heritage that is independent of chance and the changing of the times. 
The awareness of a spiritual tradition that reaches through the centuries gives one a certain feeling of security in the face of all transitory difficulties. You know, here he had been robbed of being able to be with his family at Christmas and um, he was taking those times that had been established in him, the, the beauty of his past, to, to enlighten a one dark Christmas is what he calls it. And he's talking about um, what it means to have a past and an inner heritage that is independent of chance and changing times. You know, um, we have this thing that can't be taken away from us. Do we go through sad times? Yes. We are going to go through sad times, but we have inside of us something that is greater, and that is this relationship with God that serves as an anchor for the soul. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a relationship with God that was more important to them than getting what they wanted. It was more important to them than the outcome of their situation. What was more important to them was their relationship with God. I know right now, disciple, that you have things that are, that this sadness that can come in and inform your life. Uh, two things I want you to, to, to look at right now. One is, have you been irritable lately? Are you irritable? Can you trace that back to the fact that actually it's just something that is, you need to resubmit to God and say, even if he does not. You know, I found that these even if he does not situations, they're not one-time resolutions. You don't resolve it once, go, oh, I've resolved that. You resolve it, and then you re-resolve it, and then you re-resolve it. You resubmit it. Have you gotten controlling lately? Have you risen up and you filled up your schedule? Have you been short? Maybe it's because you need to go back. You need to resubmit it. You need to re. You need to cry it out again, and you need to resubmit that thing to God. And then another thing is, what are you filling up? Right? What is? What are you filling up in your season right now? Are you filling up this tank? <laughs> of godliness that would actually carry your children through exile? What if, you know, if you were imprisoned right now, would you be able to call upon those traditions, not the presence, not the hectic nature, not the concerts, not the stuff, but this, the, the actual godliness that has gone into your heritage? Are you filling those things up right now? Whatever's going on in your life right now, see if you can make if you can identify if it is one of these times, this, these even if he does not kind of times and resubmit yourself to God, I will worship you even if you do not work things out to my liking because God is God and we are not. Until next time.